When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ken Apsock, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire. We are definitely looking towards Season 7's third episode, The Queen's Justice. And what does that mean? I think we can assume at this point, safely, that a lot of that justice will have to do with Cersei Lannister. She's on the throne, she's got some vengeance burning in her heart. And it looks as though Euron is bringing her a gift. What is she going to do with that gift? Is Cersei the type that is going to make an example of them? Is uh, there going to be some heads on spikes outside the gates? Is that enough of a message? Cersei used wildfire last year. And I think that's something that could pop up in here. I want to hear what you guys think about that, though. And I also... I also wonder if this title has anything to do with Daenerys Targaryen and what her justice is, what her justice might be. When Jon Snow shows up at her doorstep and starts talking about night kings and armies of the deads and wars for the dawns and the coming storm of snow and death, will Danny think that's part of her justice? That's the question we've been asking all week. We've been talking about with Jon Knee, and I still want to hear more of your your guys' thoughts on that, but what is going to happen when when Danny is faced with uh, maybe justice that's not in her plan? We we know that she is about taking back the Seven Kingdoms, but when she shows up and realizes that she might not have those kingdoms, does that factor into her plan for justice? Because justice really, in my mind, for Daenerys Targaryen and taking back the Iron Throne is just that, taking it back. She still views, as always called, Robert Baratheon a usurper. She's always believed that those were the men and and houses that destroyed her family and sent her uh, way over to Essos and way out uh, on this journey. So I I believe that's some of the justice that she uh, is here for. But justice isn't just what your own personal agenda is, and that's what Jon Snow will probably be saying to her, but Cersei Lannister, is this the point? She, The odds have tipped not back in her favor, but they're definitely better. She now has got this prize, she's got these prisoners on her way, we would do believe, but also, you know, the armies, the ships, she has got a little bit, a little bit of, again, I won't say a full military advantage, but now they got something to work with. Now they aren't just uh, overmatched with enemies on every side. Uh, whether or not we see Casterly Rock, that's a discussion here. Uh, another discussion here in a bit. But about Cersei and her justice, I do believe we'll see her make a big play. A big stink. A big show. And will that bite her? Will that be the thing that causes Jamie Lannister to say, ooh, This isn't the sister and woman I've loved. This isn't the queen I want to serve. Will that ever happen for Jamie? That's one of the questions I have in this season. We we know from the preview some of the other things he gets involved in, but at some point when it's all said and done, whether or not Jamie kills her or not, 
That's not necessarily the question here. It's will Jamie at any point finally say this is not the person I want to serve? The Queen's justice is not something I want to hand out. Now, of course, uh, the King's justice is also something that we can uh, uh, say is re, uh, refers to, of course, like Ellen Payne, uh, Wilco Johnson, who who uh, is, is, is alive and I believe well, despite a big cancer scare. The King's justice is always uh, his role as the executioner, so is the Queen's justice. Is that, is that, a, is that a tip and a nod to that? Is that, we're we gonna see a good old fashioned uh, fashion beheading here? Is that something that is coming our way? We haven't had a good official beheading in a while here on Game of Thrones, but the episode is almost upon us and I am very excited for this one. Now we are really getting into it. It's uh, the short season. I've, I've been enjoying season seven so far, and the short season's not been scaring me. But now that we're getting into it, I really, really feel as though I need those three extra episodes because I just don't want to let this season go. I already am enjoying it so much. All right, guys, your turn to chime in. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on Cersei. What does the Queen's Justice mean? Uh, what, do you, we, what do we think we're going to get in this week's episode? And also, of course, we can still talk about John and Danny finally meeting. That's what we do here on Daily Thrones. Discuss Game of Thrones, not just me, but it also involves you. Call in. See you next time. Hey, Ken, so I'm just thinking about Sunday's new episode and the title, The Queen's Justice. I think the whole episode, just in my opinion, is going to build to this moment where we see Cersei burn Ilaria and Yara with wildfire. I think that's going to be her message to Daenerys. We've seen in the preview that HBO released that Euron is received very well in King's Landing. It appears as though he's being cheered through the streets of Flea Bottom as he approaches the Red Keep on horseback. Um, I believe in that scene, directly behind him, is going to be Yara and Ilaria in chains, being dragged through the streets in whatever manner he sees fit. And his big gift, this big glorious gift that he promised Cersei, is going to be two of her, at the moment, greatest enemies. One of which being his niece, his blood. And that's enough of a grand gesture to win Cersei over. And like I said, I think the linchpin moment of the episode is going to be Cersei burning them both alive with wildfire and accepting his gift. Hey, what's going on, Ken? I do not think John will bend the knee to Danny. You know, since his resurrection, John has been a different person. He's more forceful. He doesn't like to be questioned. And when he meets Danny, somebody who's starting to impose her will more and more, I don't think he's going to take too kindly to that. You know, you're going to have two dragons butting heads when they meet. And that's going to be a great interaction. But, and also in Danny's case, I think she's going to be the first to fall because she does have a thing for guys with dark, beautiful hair. Thanks, Ken. Thavius with a great call here on Daily Thrones about John not bending the knee. A lot of us here on this station, myself included, and maybe foremost have been saying John will bend the knee. In fact, John potentially could give it all up if it meant having Daenerys take uh, his side in the battle against the Night King. But I like Davis's take on it that John, well, he's a dragon. Danny, she's a dragon. Fire and ice. It's possible that John will not go along with Danny. If Danny is not quick to join his cause, then John has proven before he'll run off and do something on his own. He will charge Ramsay when he shouldn't. He will go against Ramsay when he didn't have enough houses at his side. John is not necessarily impulsive, but he's decisive. And he has a certain 
you know, his own view of what justice is. And if the Queen's justice, Danny's justice, doesn't align with him, maybe Thavis is right. Maybe they will butt heads and John will do it himself. Hey, Ken, uh, Kevin Ross again. Yes, I believe there will be a confrontation between uh, Davos and John with Melisandre in front of Danny, and uh, Davos will lay into her, and uh, Melisandre may or may not at that point admit that she that she had something to do with raising John from the dead, but I don't believe that she did, uh, or because I believe that Melisandre would have admitted that when she first met Danny, when she... Uh, was talking about him uniting the uh, bringing the wildlings through the wall and then uniting the wildlings with the north. Uh, she would have then said the third thing that makes him really cool is you know the Lord of Light burning back to life. Uh, she didn't say that because she didn't do it. Uh, there's a fan theory that Davos is the one that did because he was the last one in the room, and I'm beginning to begin to subscribe to it. Uh, not all the way there yet, but I know for sure she didn't. Thanks. Put a call up from Kevin on uh, his, from his station, uh, Three Cocktail Questions. He's always uh, got some good theories and he's got his finger on the pulse of the other theories. And, uh, yeah, there's this question about Melisandre not yet saying, as far as we know. If it doesn't happen on the show, we got to assume she hasn't said it yet. Hasn't told Danny. well, you know, John might be the prince that has promised and you might be the princess that has promised because he's already died and come back to life. Now, Danny, you certainly have walk through the fires and come out, but I can certainly attest that John has got something special going on, and this theory that Melisandre isn't the one responsible, that it's Davos, it's a lot of weird Davos theories out there. I think Davos Seaworth is just Davos Seaworth, but the idea that maybe there's something to play here, and definitely, at the very least, there's a reason Melisandre is holding back this information. Now, it should be noted, Melisandre's the one calling for Jon Snow, telling Danny, you must get him over here. He's got a part to play, so she knows she has to assume John and Davos are going to show up, and they're the same ones that told her to get the hell out of Winterfell. What does she have up her sleeve, or is she for once just being honest and pure? Is Melisandre ever honest and pure? I don't know. What do you guys think? Hey, Ken, one thing I'm, I'm excited for for episode uh, three of season seven of Game of Thrones, it looks like we're going to finally get to see Castle Rock, and... That's something, you know, we've heard about this place from the very, very beginning. And so to finally see it, I think is going to be very cool. And it looks like from the from the preview anyway, that there's going to be some type of battle. So definitely looking forward to that. Sadly, though, I have a terrible feeling Grey Worm may die. All right. I think Eric's right. Well... Maybe he's right. Maybe I don't want Eric to be right. But what do you guys think? Is this the final stand for Grey Worm? Will it the taking of Casterly Rock or the attempt to take Casterly Rock go awry? Danny, we, we, we knew there was going to be some obstacles in her attempts to take over the Seven Kingdoms. She already ran into one. Uh, Yara and Ilaria Sand and uh, Tyene, of course, captured most of that fleet gone. Now we know they're going to head up to Casterly Rock, and we finally get to see Casterly Rock. It has not been seen on the show, never really traveled to in the books, of course, as well. So this will be exciting, but will it be the final stand for Grey Worm? Is that goodbye, that very sweet emotional sex scene with Masande, is that the final hurrah for Grey Worm? What do you guys think? Let me know here on Daily Thrones as we build up and get ready for Episode 3 of Season 7. Justice. 
Hey, Daily Thrones fans, special treat. I got the urban gladiator, Jay Washington here. You know him from the movie trivia, Schmodown, movie fights, and a lot of other things online. But, Jay, you're yes. a Game of Thrones fan. Yes, I am. You, it's deep in your blood. Ah, uh, man, I've caught up on everything. I've, I got into it, and I got hooked and addicted, and I'm loving it. What house would you join? Uh, House Targaryen. You're going to go for the dragons and the flames. I want dragons and flames. I want dragons and flames and a woman that can walk through fire and not get burnt. Uh, That pretty much says everything. That's hard to argue against. Uh, Yeah, how do you argue against that? It's very tough. My house is the Night's Watch, so no one wants to join my house. No one. You're by yourself. I'm by myself alone in the the cold. It's all outcast. (laughs) No love in my life. No good. Okay, won't you as a child? You you become a Night's Watchman (laughs) on the wall. I'm going for glory. Let me ask this question. This, This week... At, at, at earliest this week, latest probably next week, episode four, we are going to get the fantasy meetup of John and Daenerys Targaryen. Yes. Uh, I've been talking about it today on Daily Thrones. What do you think is going to happen when those two meet? Uh, it's going to be kind of an awkward stare down because of Tyrion, first and foremost. It's going to yeah. be real awkward. I am praying and hoping we do not get an incest love affair that somebody has to throw up afterwards. See, a lot of people are like, oh, they should fall in love. But that's his aunt. He may not know it yet. Yeah, but it's going to get real awkward. It's going to get, I mean, we already get enough of that with the Lannisters. It's great. Yeah. We don't yeah. need that. It, it's, that's the way it seems like it could be going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I think John is like, look, I just need you. You got dragons. You got all this. Can you just come over? Yeah. And Daenerys is like, well, look, you got the North. I need a man. Yeah. And Tyrion ain't all the way the man. Like, it's going to get real <laughs> awkward. I think it's going to get awkward. But I'm hoping that John is just trying to be strong as a leader again. Like he yeah. said in the previous episode, I didn't want this. Yes. You all, you all asked me to be this. Yeah. So hopefully he knows to take that stance and be the leader and just go in here. Look, this is what we need. This is the reason we need this. This is what's coming. You know about this Cersei thing, but there's something bigger on the horizon. Right. So hopefully he can break that down. I like that idea. Do you think I've been talking about the idea that John, like you just said, doesn't really want this, didn't want it. He'll he'll take it seriously, but I, I think he'll bend the knee. Do you think he'd give up the North just to get Daenerys to fight the Night's King with him? Ooh, I don't know if he'd give it up. He, he wants to protect it so much. The only way he would give it up is if he completely gave power to Sansa. I mean, right. he gave it to her to go to Dragonstone, but it's like he would have to completely mm-hmm. give it up. And then I think the problem with that is with the whole Baelish in the background, yeah. trying to weasel his way into power. So it, it's it's a whole... It's it's a whole big complex thing, but I don't think he would just let it go. Yeah. You know, granted, now you have the honor of doing something your father did that no one wanted to ever give you credit for because you're a bastard. Yeah. And granted, when they find out your true lineage... That might change a lot. It's going to change a lot. Yeah. So unless he gives it completely, he acquiesces completely over to Sansa, right. then yeah. All right, final question. What has been the most disgusting sequence this year? Sam cleaning out the latrines or Sam taking off the dragon scale? Sam's hanging off the dragon skin. <laughs> you really, you're you're good with you're good with poop and chili. Just that well, pulling used, off the skin. I used to work in a nursing home uh-huh. years ago. I was uh-huh. doing a social service aide, so I seen CNAs do that. I've never seen no man taking scales <laughs> off, and it was just showing all the pus. Yeah. I was like, oh, this year they just gonna show you all the yeah. effects. Yeah, uh, I think that was disturbing because I almost screamed for Jorah myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he pulled up the first one. And I'm telling you, I will never eat chicken pot pie again because of that edit. Oh, the edit was the worst <laughs> thing ever. So it was like, <laughs> I don't. I got a banquet. Put the microwave. I don't. What? I, I, I can't like, do I, it. I couldn't do it, dude. But I think. 
I know. I feel like every time, because now we keep seeing Sam and these disgusting things, the yeah. cleaning the latrine, the autopsy, right. pulling off the dragon scale. I refuse to know where they're going to go. Yeah, where are they going to take it? But that's a great answer. I think I agree with you. I can deal with that stuff, but that dragon, ooh, that puff. That, that puff, puff that, was something up. Oh, guys, that is Jay Washington on Game of Thrones. You can follow him on Mr. Jay Washington, yes, right? M-R-J-A-Y-W-A-S-H-I-N-G-T-O-N. Good to have you on Daily Thrones. We'll do it more often here talking Game of Thrones Daily. You guys, guys, uh, do, call into the station. Let me know what's the most disgusting thing. And our question today, what is John going to do when he meets Danny? What is Danny going to do when she meets John? That's the drill. See you later on Daily Thrones. All right, Daily Thrones fans, it's an absolute treat to have this man back on the show. He is the host of Collider's TV Talk. They talk Game of Thrones as well. Emma, David Griffin, even Sinead DeFries, who's never seen the show till this year, doing some great reviews. Joshua, Hercules, Makuga, as Mark Ellis says, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken, glad to be here, bud. You you do love Game of Thrones. You 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 uh, you, you have this battle uh, little battle going on with the book readers, but but I know you love the show. How do you how did you react to episode two, Stormborn? Uh, man, I, I've watched it three times already. I watched it back to back last night. Three times. Yeah, I watched it back to back last night, and uh, you know, once this morning, kind of getting ready and. Game of Thrones is one of those those ingestible shows that you you watch and you're like, let me go back and check that again. This this episode had, if you were Game of Thrones, it had absolutely everything. Yeah. And I, and I'll say it like this: an incredible battle. You like that battle? I do too. It, our, the first naval battle we've ever seen on the show. Yeah. Um, and you don't see many naval battles in movies that are as good as last night's naval battle was. Better than most pirates movies, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You had an unbelievably weird but good sex scene with right? Sende and It's and one of my favorites because it has some meaning to it. It really does, it really does. And Sinead reviewing it not knowing that he didn't have a, a oh. donger. <laughs> uh, it also had an uh, like two like two like meaty character moments with Daenerys Targaryen talking to Varys and then Olena. Yeah, great stuff. Unbelievable. And uh, Samuel Tarly trying to cure the grayscale of of our our favorite character in Game of Thrones, Sir Jorah Mormont. That's right, you're a Jorah guy too. That and, and Sam keeps getting stuck with the most gross scenes. Good lord, back to back episodes dealing with shit pots and then grayscale meat pies. <laughs> <laughs> do you think do you think Daenerys took the wrong advice? I like their strategy. It just obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Didn't work out. Would you have done that or would you have just gone full on assault on King's Landing? Yeah, I mean I like that she is uh, you know, tries to see the good in what she's doing, and like, I don't want to leave my city in ashes. But right. I mean, I don't know. I think it, only once did the battle in Braveheart work, where you come around the yeah. backside, right? Right. right. Um, I think that Daenerys. I think she goes full on because now she's given him time to prepare. I like the idea of trying to take Castle Rock because we've never seen Castle Rock. Oh yeah, it's gonna be cool. But you know, now it's kind of like my forces are split. Everything's gone wrong. Euron, who seems to be the biggest badass in the show as of right yeah. now. It's crazy. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She's got three dragons. She's got the Dothraki and Unsullied. But now, I mean, people know she's here. She, I mean, they already kind of knew that. But now everyone kind of knows. Yeah. You've lost your armies. Uh, you got now House Tyrell and Dorne and Greyjoy. Now they're going to be pissed if they're still around to sur- survive in this, this battle. And yet Euron, despite having that low neck, hot topic shirt, he's, he is uh, uh, one of the best villains we've ever seen. He swings that axe like one of my favorite shows that I keep telling you to watch, Vikings. Oh, he yeah. swings an axe like a Viking. And he is a he is 
there's something wrong up top there. He's got he's no, got a no, Ramsey no. Bolton kind of a I'll kill everybody kind of. A, he, yeah, he is definitely more Ramsey than Joffrey. Joffrey, in the end of the day, is almost cute and quaint yes. compared to Ramsey, and now yeah. compared to Theon, we'll see what he does. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah, ask me. Two things. One, do you think that the direwolf did not recognize Arya because she a girl has no name? No, no. I think it is symbolic as a callback to season one when Ned Stark talked about Arya becoming a lady and marrying a nice man and living in a castle and Arya said, that's not me. And I think this is Nymeria recognized her and recognized as best she can as a dire wolf that going back to Winterfell with Arya, it was no longer her. It's okay. not. And that's, I think, is a callback to that. And do you think um, that... Theon actually gets some sort of redemption, or is, yes. is this the final straw? No, I think the, the, the Alfie Allen talked at the panel uh, Saturday uh, that you, or Friday yeah. that you and I slept through. That uh, <laughs> there's there needs to be there, there's an empathy for Theon that needs to be found, and I think that's his hint of saying it's going to have to be found. It's tough to find empathy for this character, but he went through a lot, and I think he had. Uh, uh, I keep saying reek TSD, and I don't mean that disrespectful to PTSD no. people. That's what was happening for sure. So. For sure, because he saw himself, his sister getting kidnapped, or Yoron doing something like, he has no more dong to cut, chop off, but right. something weird is going to happen. Yeah, something's there. All right, you there, you heard it, Josh McCuga. He talks TV every week and soon every day here on Collider Video, and we'll be talking more Game of Thrones. I'm sure you guys let me know what you thought about this episode. Still collecting Stormborn Reactions.